Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Call Her Doctor podcast. I'm Natalie. Um, I'm going to be doing a solo episode this week, and then Maddie has a solo episode coming up in a little bit. Um, But I am going to be talking about the GRE today. And since Maddie is in medical school, um, she didn't take the GRE, she took the MCAT. So I'm just going to do this one kind of as a solo episode and really focus on how I studied, what I did, and all of that for the GRE. Um, But first, I want to just kind of do a little catch up. So I know Maddie and I talked last week. I uh, took a little trip home for about two weeks, which was super nice. Um, I am back in Charlottesville, ready to kind of start the semester fresh. And it just feels so nice to have had something that resembled a summer break, um, you know, to kind of mark off the passing of time. So it's kind of nice to be back and just feel like ready to go for this semester um, with my classes having started and everything. I know we also talked last week about taking virtual classes seriously. And I know Maddie's been really great about that. I have not, um, have continued to not be great about that. So that's kind of, again, my goal for this week is to just get back on track. I think it'll be easier now that I'm back in my own space and have my desk and my dual monitors set up and I'm just kind of back into a normal routine. So that's, uh, that's my goal for the week, but it was definitely a great, you know, chance to be home and, um, come back, you know, kind of as all the other students are coming back and stuff like that. So yeah, so I'm gonna, I guess, kind of go ahead and hop into how I studied for the GRE. So I want to talk today about the format of the GRE. So just kind of a general overview in case you don't know anything about the GRE. And then I'll kind of talk about how I approached studying Uh, how I structured my time, and then resources that I used when I was studying. So this isn't going to be like strategy tips for how to answer certain types of questions, but more so like an overview and um, what I think really worked for me and what I would suggest for other people in terms of how to approach the GRE. So the GRE, um, if you're not familiar, is a like graduate entrance exam. So it's really similar if you uh, went to school. I think it's just in the U.S. that we take the SAT exam to get into college. I could be wrong about that. That could be in other countries as well. Um, But the GRE is required for most U.S. colleges. I know it looks a little bit different right now. Certain colleges aren't requiring it, which I personally think is great. I am not really a fan of the fact that we use standardized tests um, to assess whether or not someone is ready for graduate school because I don't think a a general test can assess something like, you know, a good PhD candidate for a STEM program, but that's a whole nother topic for another time. Um, but yeah, so most people going into grad school, whether it's, you know, social work, English, biology, engineering, uh, is going to take the GRE exam. And uh, so what's great is there's a general exam that pretty much everyone will take if the universities require it. Uh, So again, regardless of the program you're going into and the type of field you're studying, you're going to take this general exam typically. And then some schools will require subject exams. So you may have to take a math subject exam or something like that. But for engineering specifically, I found that that wasn't really required for most programs. If you're in biology or chemistry or um more of a science specific field, that may not be the case. You may end up having to 
take a subject exam, but I'm going to talk today mostly about the GRE general exam. So this exam, uh, scores are typically required to get into universities. Again, that's sort of changing right now. Um, with talking about scores, I think schools are uh, seeing a lot of schools move away from this like minimum score requirement, which I think is great, but just in order to kind of get an idea of like where you should even be trying to shoot, it's a really good idea to look at some of the schools and see if they put out average scores. I don't think you should limit yourself based on those average scores because I don't think that's the only thing that they're taking into account. Um, especially if you get to the PhD level of applications, they're probably looking at far more factors than just your GRE performance. So just something to keep in mind. I think it's good to have a, a ballpark idea, but I don't think it's something you should make any decisions based off of. I did try to go back and find my GRE exam scores. And because I don't have access to my old school email, <laughs> I couldn't get to them. But if I um, am able to get them, I'm definitely happy to share those. So the format, uh, the GRE is typically taken in a testing center. Uh, I know that changed now. I think there's an option to take it at home, but it's uh, just under four hours. So it usually takes about three hours and 45 minutes and it has three different sections. So there's an analytical writing section and then a quantitative reasoning and a verbal reasoning section. So it's sort of a, a math section, a language section and a writing section generally. So the analytical writing section, you're going to have uh, usually two essays. So there's either an analyze an issue portion uh, and then an analyze an argument portion. And both of these, you have 30 minutes to write a response. And then there's two verbal reasoning uh, portions, which are going to be things like vocabulary, reading comprehension, all of that sort of standardized test language skill uh, stuff. So there's two of those. They have 20 questions each, and those, each of those sections is 30 minutes. And then there's quantitative reasoning. Uh, again, there's two of those. There's 20 questions on each, and you get 35 minutes. So you add all of that up with breaks and stuff like that, and you come out to about three hours and 45 minutes. And the sections are sort of mixed up, so it, it won't be, you know, too quantitative and too verbal. It'll They'll mix them up. And then um, often they'll have an unscored section. So you may have like three verbal reasoning sections instead of two, and one of them isn't scored. And from what I can remember, they don't tell you which one is unscored, um, but they just sort of, um, I don't know if it's, you know, to balance out scores or use it for research and things like that. Um, but you may see an extra section on your test. And then there's usually a research section, which is also unscored, but it just helps them evaluate questions for next year and stuff like that. So uh, the GRE exam is administered through a group called ETS. And so if you just look up ETS GRE, you can go through their website. And I would highly, highly suggest doing this. Go through their website, look at all of the information because they have like a topic bank for the analytical writing things. Um, they talk about what they're looking for in your written response. And so just all of those nitty gritty details about what they're expecting, the time limit, the breaks, ID requirements, all of that is on the ETS website. So definitely I would spend some time and I'll talk about kind of what to look for and when to do that in a little bit. But their website is a really, really great resource for just getting an idea of the format, the requirements, all of that type of stuff. So the next thing I want to talk about is 
how I studied for this. So my initial thought going in was that I was going to study for months leading up to it. I was going to have done every single practice problem, get a great score. Um, but I made the mistake of trying to give myself months to do it. And I don't think that that's really an effective method. So I'm going to talk about kind of what I shifted to and what I think is a good way to sort of go about this. So in terms of timing, you want to take this usually in the fall that you're applying to grad school. So I took one, I think one in August and one in September, if I'm remembering correctly. And I intentionally took the one in August a little bit early, just so I would have time to retake it if I wasn't happy with my scores, which I think is really great if you, you know, have the time and the finances um, to be able to take the GRE twice. Giving yourself time to do that, I think is really great because what they'll do is they'll super score um, your exam. So they'll only send your best scores from the exams that you take to the universities you're applying to which is really great because if you just have a bad test day or you think you could just do a little bit better with a little bit more studying, having the flexibility to do that if you really want to, I think is um, really, really important, honestly, for going through this application process. So yeah, you're looking at typically the August, September timeframe. I don't think October is too late, but I definitely wouldn't take it any later than October just to make sure that your scores can get to the universities in time. So I typically, um, when I work with other women who are applying to grad school, I tell them to give themselves about six to eight weeks to study. You don't need 10 months. Um, really, it's one of those exams where if you learn the types of questions that they ask and what they're looking for, you're going to be fine. And so it's just um, making sure that you're getting to the point where you understand how to approach questions. You don't necessarily have to memorize a ton of information. So six to eight weeks, I think is good. If you're going to really dedicate yourself during that time, if you want to go at a little more leisurely pace and not spend as much time per week on it, um, you may want to give yourself more time. But for me, my preference was to pack it into six weeks and not really have to worry about it before or after that. So that would be my suggestion for that. Um, in terms of how I studied, so when you register for the exam, they're going to give you two free practice exams. And I took one of those just off the bat to kind of see how I did get a baseline understanding of like where I was kind of falling in terms of the scores that I wanted. Uh, and that really helped me see my strengths, my weaknesses. Um, I've just typically always done better on the verbal stuff than I have on the quantitative, which is funny because I'm <laughs> studying engineering, but my verbal scores are usually higher. So that was helpful to get an understanding of that. Um, and it was true for the practice test. So I knew that I needed to mostly focus on the quantitative part. So I would say, take one of those free practice exams that you get through ETS first. And then in terms of uh, what I used to study, I bought the five pound book of GRE questions, which I forget which test prep company that's through, but if you go on Amazon and just look up the five pound book of GRE test prep questions, that's what I used. And that was really great because it had a little bit of a walkthrough of like reminding you of basic concepts, you know, like the equations for triangles and things like that, that 
whether you're not super strong in math or you're so far along in math that that's kind of stuff you've <laughs> not really, um, you know, remembered off the top of your head. It will walk you through the concepts that they test over. And again, because everyone is taking this, uh, it doesn't go up to calculus or anything like that. It really is quantitative reasoning with a very basic level of math. So it's good to make sure that you go through that and recognize what they're testing and what they're not testing. So you're spending your time on the right things. It also walks you through different types of questions for the verbal reasoning, which I think is really helpful just to know what to expect when you take the exam. And then um, as it sounds, the five pound book of practice problems just has a ton of practice problems. And I really think that that's the most effective way to study for the GRE is just to work through those review sections and then work as many problems as you can, because those themes from the review sections are going to come up over and over again in those problems. And so you can pretty quickly identify what you need to review more and what you have down and don't need to spend time on. Um, and then for the verbal reasoning, um, English is my first language. So that I think definitely made it easier. So I can kind of speak from that perspective. I am sure that there are a ton of resources out there if English is not your first language and you're going to be taking the GRE. I would look for, you know, YouTubers, bloggers, and people like that who um, also don't have English as a first language and have um, put together information about how they studied for the GRE or just like little things that they added in to sort of support them since English isn't their first language. So that's just something to keep in mind that there are definitely resources out there that are targeted to um, non-native English speakers. But I primarily reviewed vocabulary because that's something where I've always had trouble. So I went through just a lot of vocabulary um, flashcards and quizlets and things like that. I didn't take the time to go through and make all of my own flashcards. This was the last semester of my senior year, so I was pressed for time in general. So I would just use pre-made quizlets and things like that or vocabulary lists instead of, you know, physically making flashcards and researching the lists. I just made the pre-used ones or used the pre-made ones. That's the words. So uh, I think those are really, really helpful. And then I would also say, I think one thing that I typically struggle with when studying for everything in general is that I want to have a plan and like a concept map and an understanding of what I'm supposed to be studying, where that falls into everything else that I'm studying, um, and just like really have it organized in my head. And the time that it would take you to organize all of the information that could be tested, I think honestly for the GRE is a waste of time. I think your best bet is to just do reviews of what's going to be on there so that you know what to study and what not. And then just to work as many practice problems as you can. So just, you know, I wouldn't spend a ton of time like you might for a final exam where you map out, you know, which chapter and which practice problems and blah, blah, blah. I would just set aside a chunk of time every day and kind of progressively work through whatever study materials you're using. Um, I think that's another reason to get that test prep book is it outlines all of that for you so you can just work your way through it you know divide up the chapters by the number of days but you're not having to pull a ton of resources from different locations and put together your own study guide you just work through the book and that's about as prepared I think honestly as you can be 
And then I would definitely suggest after you've studied to retake or uh, to take the other free practice exam that you get when you register for the for the GRE. And just to, again, give you an idea of where you've improved, where you need some more work and that sort of thing. So another important thing I think to talk about is time management, because I know we're all busy, we're all in school, we're all (laughs) dealing with the, you know, just the pandemic and everything else that's going on. There's a lot of different things that need your time. And I definitely recognize that school is probably your first priority and the GRE feels like one more thing that you're adding on. So I, what I would really suggest again is to keep it to a six week study period And when you're about six weeks out or eight weeks out from when you want to take the exam, I would set aside one afternoon and just go through the ETS website and just get a ton of information about what to expect, what's on the exam, types of, you know, issues that they'll talk about for the writing section, what the writing um, rubric looks like and things like that, just to get familiar with the test, the testing environments, all of the requirements and just make any notes that you need about all of that information so you're not constantly having to go back and forth, check the website, figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Um, There's just so much information on that website that if you, you know, set aside an hour to go through that and then maybe just do some general searching of like, if you know you're going to struggle on the writing portion, look at some videos on that and that sort of thing. And just spend an afternoon getting familiar with what the GRE is, what to expect, and all of that. And I don't think you need to spend really more than a couple hours one afternoon doing that. And, you know, purchasing your study materials, registering for the exam, and all of that. After that, I would, um, rather than setting aside one day a week to do like six hours of studying, I think it is more beneficial to study a little bit each day throughout the week or a little bit you know, three days a week or something like that, just so that you're seeing those types of questions more often. Um, Because I know if I studied on a Saturday and then went back the next Saturday, there was stuff that I didn't remember. So I think studying a couple times throughout the week is definitely a better method just to sort of get you in the mindset of, you know, that (laughs) standardized test, multiple choice problem kind of mindset. So that would be... um, my suggestion for that as well. So I know that this may be a little bit more of a laid back approach um, than, you know, is typically suggested, but I also am coming from a place of understanding that you have probably a ton of work and you're probably still in labs and trying to navigate online classes and just everything going on. And that as high of a priority that the GRE should be, Um, I know it's probably not everyone's highest priority right now. So I just wanted to kind of offer, you know, what I did. Um, Again, I didn't have the best scores ever, but I did get accepted into two PhD programs. So they were good enough for something. Um, And yeah, basically, I think that, you know, if you can kind of get past this idea of like, it has to be every, you know, waking moment for 10 months that I'm studying for this exam, um, I thought the GRE was going to be a bigger, more difficult deal than it ended up being. And that's not to say that you should blow it off by any means. You should absolutely study and study in a very dedicated fashion. Um, But it doesn't need to be as intense as, at least as I thought it would in the beginning. Um, And then I just want to kind of really briefly touch again on resources. I know that I kind of sprinkled this throughout the episode, but 
YouTube is a really great resource. Um, well, okay, I guess to start off, I would suggest finding one book or one set of books of practice problems that's primarily just, you know, work them through, check your answer. Ones that have an explanation of how to get to that answer are super great. But I think one of the risks you run when studying for the GRE is information overload. Um, it is very possible to get just sucked down a rabbit hole of all of these incredible resources out there. And I would really suggest having your main resource be one or a set of practice problem books. And I would also say make sure that they're somewhat recent, like within the last year, because they do adjust the test a little bit. So, um, you know, just that's something to keep in mind. If you're using books from 2015, they may not be the best representation of what you're going to see on an exam in 2020. Um, and then outside of that, definitely look at YouTube. Um, again, make sure that those are current videos that you're not watching things from three to five to 10 years ago, but a lot of them have things for, you know, strategies, like a breakdown of how to structure your written portion, um, tips for doing the verbal reasoning, the quantitative reasoning. Some of them are just videos of people working practice problems, I think all of that is really good to get into like the technical, like which problems should you skip and which ones should you answer and how should you structure your essay and process of elimination and just all those little test taking strategies. I think YouTube is a really, um, was a really great way for me to consume that content rather than trying to like read blog posts and stuff. Um, but there also are blogs out there and if you have, um, you know, if you are dyslexic, I would assume that there are a ton of um, resources out there focused on taking the GRE with dyslexia. Or if you are not a native English speaker, look for those resources. Um, I think that's something that I'm really starting to realize as I'm putting together resources for things like grad school applications. There are people just putting out some incredible content on these topics um, just to you know, really deep dive into specifics or a little bit more into the nitty gritty of study and test taking strategies. So definitely, um, you know, seek those out, but just make sure that they're current and try not to overwhelm yourself and think that you have to watch every video and every, you know, whatever, definitely try to stick to kind of a closed canon of books and practice problems and then seek out resources additionally from there if you need more help on certain things. So as usual, um, I hope this was helpful. If you are applying to grad school this fall, uh, specifically in engineering, but with pretty much any um, STEM area, I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching and I'm doing free 30-minute consultations. So if you're like starting the process, not sure where to start, or you're getting really pretty far into the process and want some help refining your personal statement and reaching out to recommenders, reaching out to potential research advisors for grad school, things like that, um, feel free to email me. You can DM us through the Call Her Doctor account and I can get it there. Um, we're at callherdoctor.podcast on Instagram and I'm she engineered on Instagram. Uh, Madison is Madison underscore Johnson on Instagram. Um, and then you can also email us. All of our contact information is also in the show notes for this episode. So you can reach out to us there if you're, you know, interested in applying and just kind of want to see if grad school coaching is for you or how I could be of help, that kind of thing, don't hesitate to reach out for me, out to me. Um, and again, I hope this was super helpful. Definitely seek out those other resources. 
Um, don't let this stress you out. It's not as difficult as a, of a test as you may be thinking it is because, again, everybody's taking it, so you're not really going to be too far into, you know, a specific science or math or engineering field. So, all right, um, Maddie and I will be back together next week. We're looking forward to it. And until then, um, be sure you're following us on Instagram. Share this podcast with your friends. We want to continue to grow the Call Her Doctor community. Um, and in the show notes, or I mean in the caption for this week's uh, episode on Instagram, I'm going to ask some questions about like, would you like to see a Facebook group or a newsletter, some things like that, because we really, you know, we go through some work to put together resources to record the episodes. And we want to make sure that those are, you know, lasting and the resources we're putting together are actually made available to y'all in more than just us saying it in the podcast episode. So we're trying to figure out what the best way to do that is. So um, I'll ask that question in the in the cop in the caption um, for the Instagram post today. So be sure to let us know in the comments what you would prefer. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye.